listening to First Church Charlotte. Pastor Don started. Let's let's begin with prayer here, and I will. Uh, uh, since I'm since that's all the energy I have tonight, I'll pray, and then I'm going to let Pastor Don do all the work. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your blessings in our life. You have abundantly shed a, on our hearts like the blessings that are just overwhelming. It's it's like the rain that nourishes the earth and brings forth a harvest. Your blessings have been so overwhelming in our life. Pray that your word would live, not just be a type of knowledge to us. The knowledge is good, but we don't want just to have a religion of the head. Uh, we also want to have the experience of the word in our heart where we're transformed by it, where you make us to know what is your good pleasure, what is your righteous way. We pray your anointing on the word. We pray your anointing of Pastor Don as he teaches. Uh, we receive what you would speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, my brother, I'm turning it, turning it over to you. Praise the Lord and heartfelt welcome, everyone, to our midweek Bible study. It is a pleasure to bring the word of God, and I want to thank Pastor Nathan uh, for asking me to speak tonight. It is indeed a pleasure and an honor. Um, thank you also for your continued prayer and support for our, our first church leadership pastor and ministry leaders and members. That's awesome. I always feel that. And folks are always contacting me and telling me that they're praying for me. So that's always wonderful. I want to give a quick shout out to the two ladies that got baptized on Sunday. Uh, what a blessing that was. Um, I think her name was Hallie and Bridget. And uh, it's always a blessing to see new believers being added to the church as the book of Acts has told us it would happen. So continue to pray for our Cascade women and our, and our new believers in general. Amen. Let's go right to the word. I'm reading from Acts. I'm sorry, from Luke 2, Luke chapter number 2, beginning at verse 25. Luke 2, 25. Amen. Amen. I see a lot of a lot of uh, friendly faces on here tonight. So thank you guys for joining. Um, you're beginning the reading of God's word. And behold, verse 25 of Luke 2. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. I'll say it again, just and devout. What was he doing? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And he had been, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He would not die until he see Jesus Christ. So he came in by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, that is Mary and Joseph, brought Jesus into the temple accord and to do with him according to the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms, the Bible says, and blessed God and said, verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. 
Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. So far, that is the scripture. Let me stop there. Um, my topic tonight is, is what are you waiting for? Just like Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, I'd like to ask, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Here in Luke chapter number two, we are introduced to a few individuals who had purposed in their hearts and purpose to themselves or decided ahead of time that they were going to obey God's word. No matter what it co what comes, uh, no matter what it was, they were going to obey. And as a result, they were tremendously honored or blessed because of it. The first two are, are pretty famous. You know that Mary and Joseph, a mother and stepfather of Jesus, they obeyed the law of God, although they were poor. Still, they obeyed. Sometimes their obedience were, uh, was inconvenience for them. Still, they obeyed. Now, later in Luke chapter number two, we learn about another man, an elderly man. His name was Simeon, which we read. He also chose to obey God's word no matter what. And the Bible says that he too was greatly honored because of his obedience. For the purpose of this study tonight, I want to focus on Simeon. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, the consolation of Israel refers to obviously the coming, the coming of the prophesied Messiah who would console or alleviate the suffering of Israel at this time. Now, I don't know about you, but but waiting is not my favorite thing to do, right? It's not a lot of fun for me. I don't like to wait, particularly for uh, what seems like an inordinate amount of time. Um, but we all do it. We spend a half our life waiting. We have waiting rooms. We have waiting on lines. We wait to be seated. We wait on the phone to speak to customer service. We wait, we wait, we wait. Uh, just this week, I observed Bethany, my daughter, waiting on hold for like what seems like 30 minutes to talk to some customer service person. It was crazy. She was listening to hold music. Sometimes it seems that's all we do is wait, 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 wait. Our life is one mad rush to get from one wait to another one, from one line to another. And I remember when I served in the military, we had a phrase that said, for Uncle Sam, it's always hurry up and wait. The fact that uh, waiting has become a bigger part of our lives than we care to acknowledge. I was reading a report from Timex, the, the watch people. You know the one that takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Um, and they, they, their research said that on average, we wait 20 minutes a day for the bus or the train or some transportation. We wait on average 32 minutes whenever we go to see the doctor, 28 minutes in security lines whenever we travel. We wait 21 minutes or longer for a significant other to get ready to go out or to go to church. Some of us a lot longer. Overall, we spend 43 days, 43 days in a lifetime waiting on hold for customer service. We wait 38 hours each year waiting in traffic. Did you believe that? And if you live in a large city, it could be as much as 50 hours a year waiting in traffic. 
right here in Charlotte. It's going to be more than that soon because I can't hardly get from point A to point B within the specified amount of time. I read another report from a few years ago that said on average, we spend six months of our lives waiting at stoplights. Goodness, six months of our lives waiting at the stoplights and five years, five years waiting in one line or another. And of course, there are the sayings that we hear all the time. Uh, Good things come to those who, those who wait, right? And of course, some things are worth waiting for. Those are all sayings we hear all the time. Now, if good things come to those who wait, is there anything you would be willing to wait your entire life for? That's a question, isn't it? It would have to be something really good, right? What about someone offered you $10 million if you wait your entire life for 10 million? Would you be willing to wait your entire life for 10 million bucks? If you're a money person, perhaps you'll say, yeah. (laughs) Maybe you're thinking, you bet I would. (laughs) But what is $10 million if you're gonna be dead the next minute, right? right? I don't think that I'd like that deal. However, there are things I am currently waiting my entire life for right now. And I, I, I bet I'm not the only one waiting in this line. And many of you are probably waiting in the same line with me. But before we talk about what that is, I want us to take another look at my brother, Simeon, who the Bible tell, tell, tells us that he waited nearly his entire life for something. And I think this was definitely worth waiting for. If I was given that deal to wait my entire life for that same thing, I would gladly do it. In verse 25, we're introduced to Simeon. The Bible says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Uh, in In this portion of scripture, we learn two things right away. That one, he was living in Jerusalem, which was the political and religious center of Israel at the time. For the most part, still is today. Um, Tel Aviv has some some more swing today, but for the most part, Jerusalem was the center of gravity in Jerusalem. The next thing we learn, perhaps more importantly, that his name was Simeon. In the Hebrew, Simeon means God has heard. God has heard. And, And we will see that God in fact did hear Simeon's prayer and the prayer of many of others during that time as well. The Bible says that the Lord was responding to that prayer with the greatest possible answer ever recorded. Uh, uh, The physical characteristics, and then later on, Simeon's physical characteristics, characteristics, as we will soon look at, are very important for us to learn, for us to, to look at. In the latter part of verse 25 of Luke 2, we are given that he was just and devout. Those were his spiritual characteristics and waiting for the consolation of Israel. But I find it more important that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. This shows that one just means that just means that he was obedient to the word of God as it relates to other people. He was just, he was fair, he was honest, he was trustworthy, he was of good character, he was a just man. And the word devout expresses his obedience to the word of God as it relates to God. No doubt Simeon studied the word. 
He knew what the scripture said. And he simply did it. No arguments, no excuses. Again, such obedience, I believe, is probably why the Lord used him so greatly in, in this particular scripture. Now, let me give you a little bit of context. The Bible says it was the hope and prayer of every Jew that Messiah would, in fact, come. And, and many, 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 many Jews at the time was praying that Messiah would come through their lineage. It's a little bit of trivia. One of the reasons why I'm, I'm told that um, Orthodox or observant Jewish people want to have a lot of children is that their hope is that Messiah would come through their lineage. And one of the reasons why male children are preferred is because they hope that Messiah, who they know would be male, would come through their lineage. He would bring peace and comfort to the people of Israel. And so Simeon, like all of the other Jews, was the same in this regard. For we secondly see in verse 25 that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the consolation of Israel is a, an obvious reference to Jesus. And Jesus is coming. And it was a frequent theme. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, if you read all throughout the, the Old Testament, you will see the themes or references to the coming of Messiah. Most prominent in the book of Isaiah, chapters 40 to 66, you'll see plenty of references to the coming of Messiah. Sometimes that's what God calls us to do, is to wait. He calls us to wait. It's not glamorous. It's not one that gets anyone a lot of attention. But sometimes all God wants us to do is to just chill, is to just wait. Uh, the Psalmist David tells us like this in chapter 37 of his book. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. <laughs> He says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But, but those who wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Verse 9, those who wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Later on in Psalm 27, or earlier in Psalm 27, verse 14, the Bible says, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. And he repeats himself, wait, I say, on the Lord. I think that a part of every Christian's maturing process is a period of waiting, of a feeling like we've been put on the back burner. Maybe, maybe a feeling like we, we are still backstage waiting for the curtain to rise. You know what I mean? We know that we have a calling on our lives, some gift from God. God has called you to do something. And you haven't seen it materialize. It doesn't seem like anything is happening in that direction. Perhaps you, 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 you have been encouraged by someone who prayed for you. Or maybe when you were younger and you first got the Holy Ghost and you felt an anointing of God on your life and you knew God had called you to do a work. But you see no evidence of it. You don't feel the unction of it as perhaps you were hoping to. I hope I have a witness out there that someone is saying, yeah, yeah, man, I, I feel that. But where is it? I know I do feel like, feel like that sometimes. It may be that God is calling you to wait a bit. It may be God is teaching you patience. The ministry that 
he has in mind for you requires a lot of patience. And it may be that he's calling you to just kind of learn how to wait, learn how to wait. All too often, if you do not wait, if you try to step out and do what you want to do, or even what you know God has called you to do, but if you don't wait on his timing, if you don't wait on his timing, I promise you, you will fall flat on your face. Because in many ways, timing is everything. You may, you may have the right idea, but it's not the right time. In fact, you may want to do the right thing, but it might not be the right time. And so these times of waiting can also be, can be fruitful, can be incredibly fruitful for us. So I encourage us to try and enjoy those times of waiting. Learn, learn what you can from the, from the experience. Maybe dig into the Bible a little bit more. Work on be becoming more like Jesus as he waited. Amen. 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 Here's a little trivia. I found out that mushrooms mature in just a few days, while an oak tree, an oak tree takes sometimes hundreds of years to mature. So ask yourself this, which would you rather be, a mushroom or an oak tree? If you choose to wait for God's timing, the Bible says you will be like a, a tree planted by the rivers of waters. The psalmist says that bring forth its fruit in due season. And as you wait, remember that God has not forgotten you. No, as you wait on the Lord, he will, as Isaiah says, he will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like an eagle. You will run and not grow weary and you will walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. And that's what Brother Simeon did. God wanted him to wait for Jesus. And he did. He waited patiently. And waiting, by the way, is a wonderful spiritual characteristic to have. It is. I don't enjoy waiting all the time, but from a spiritual perspective, especially if you feel a call on your life to do a work for God, he may not come when you want him, the, the writer says. Be there right on time. Now, his timing is perfect. His timing is perfect. So, so maybe you feel as though there's a calling on your life. Maybe you feel like you're called to, let's pick on the, the praise team. You're called to, to be a, a praise singer. And you tried out and Brother Melek shot you down. Might not have been your time, right? Or he may have been having a bad day or whatever. But you should still pursue that which you feel the Lord has called you to. Wait, I say on the Lord and be of good courage. Let me take you back to Brother Simeon. The third character is that we are told about him, and I love this one, is that the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Now, this is significant because at this time in God's history, not all believers had the Holy Spirit upon them. The Holy Spirit would come upon a person for a while and then could leave them later. And perhaps this is why David prayed in Psalm 51. He said, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Remember that? Now, prior to Pentecost in Acts 2, not all believers had the Holy Spirit. He only came upon a few people and at sometimes only for a short while in order to do what he wanted to do, do a quick work. 
and then he would leave that. But now, in the church age, today, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Every spirit-filled believer, you have the Spirit of the Lord leading you. The Bible said we ought to be led of the Spirit, right? So before Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon certain individuals and at certain times for certain tasks and maybe even certain responsibilities. After Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is within God's people. The Bible says to those who receive him. I believe it's in John 1, verse 12, we read, but as many has received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, Simeon was one of those privileged saints that prior to Pentecost, who had the Holy Spirit upon him, David was another. This means that Simeon was specifically chosen by God to do something great for God. And we learn what this task was in verse 26, and I'll read it for you, quote, and it had been revealed to Simeon, revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon was an older man at this point, right? He had waited his entire life for this eventuality, but God had told him that you will not die until you meet Messiah. It's quite a promise, you think? Quite a promise of God to Simeon. We don't know exactly how old he was at the time when the Lord told him that. But I did a little research and found that at this time, Simeon was approximately or estimated to be 113 years old. But that is all we could find in tradition and history. And so Simeon had been waiting for God for probably much of his life. Probably probably a few decades, maybe a lot more, maybe 40, 50 years. And he knows that he will see Christ before he dies. If I was alive at that time and I knew this about Simeon, <laughs> I would have hung out with him all the time. I never would have left his side. I would have waited to be there when he saw the Christ because you know why? I feel like if I lived in this time, I would have liked to have known Jesus. I don't know why. I feel like I feel like he would have been cool to hang out with. But if he, you know, but somebody like Simeon too would be awesome to hang out with, right? He's hearing this word from the Lord and he's getting this confirmation that before he dies, he's going to meet Messiah. I don't know why, but God thought it was important. God thought it was important that someone be there to witness Messiah. Witness Messiah. This is important. Why is this so important Uh, for Simeon to spend his entire life waiting? Well, we are told in Deuteronomy 19 that Upon the evidence of two or three witnesses, shall every matter be confirmed or established. And Simeon was one of these two or three witnesses to Messiah. We know the shepherds abiding in the field was one. And this woman by the name of Anna was the third. So so of the three witnesses, Simeon was selected to be one. 
we read uh, there that on the evidence of two or three witnesses shall every matter be, shall truth be established. Amen. Amen. I believe that this was this was a pivotal time in Simeon's life. You know, this is what uh, he does in Luke 2. His wait now is over. And God has called upon Simeon to reveal his witness, to speak. And Simeon, through the Holy Ghost, has been, you know, waiting for such a long time. He's been on the sidelines a very, very long time. And so he steps forward to give his witness of the Lord's Christ. His witnessing was about two things. First, the Bible tells us that he picks up Jesus and he blesses God and thanks the Lord for sending Messiah. In verse 27 of Luke 2, he says, he came by the spirit of the Lord into the temple. So the Lord is leading him, right? And when the parents of Jesus brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the Lord, they were coming to redeem Jesus. I think it was with five pieces of silver. They took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Now, Lord, let your servant depart in peace according to your word for mine eyes. Mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of the people. A light to bring light or revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon recognized this very clearly in verse 29, that his life of waiting is now at an end. For the Messiah was according to the word of the Lord here. Let me remind you that everything we need to do needs to be done according to the word of the Lord. And so Simeon recognizes this. If God's word has not said it, you probably cannot trust it. Simeon did have the word from the Lord that he would live to see the Messiah. And that is the reason why he waited. And so now he says, I can die now. I can depart in peace because my life work is completed. The question I have for you is, are you at that place in your life? If you have discovered that there's a work for you to do, are you going to hesitate or are you going to pursue it? You need to be at peace with God. If you haven't accomplished the work that you have been called to do, that's an important question. Remember, you can be taken at any time. And we all need to be ready to go at any time. Right? So I, I, I feel like sometimes I need to pick up the phone and call someone that I might have wronged or someone who thinks that I may have wronged them and confess to them. If I have wronged you, if I have said or done anything against you, let me apologize now. Because I don't want for there to be anything that would keep me from meeting the Lord. You know what I mean? I don't want there to be... Uh, barrier or hesitancy with God in terms of me connecting with him at the end of my days. Do you need to restore a relationship with someone and you're putting it off? Don't delay. Do it now. Do it now. Well, let your testimony be like that of Simeon, that you have completed your task and you're now ready to see God. <laughs> You're ready to depart in peace because your eyes have seen 
the completion, the Messiah, the fullness of God on the earth. I, I really hope that this study has been a blessing to you. It's been my pleasure to have prepared and presented to you. And um, at this point, uh, this time, I'd like to either turn it back over to Pastor Nathan or ask if you have any questions, you can drop it in the chat and we'll try to respond to them and maybe pray for our prayer list before we depart our, our Bible study. Thank you, my brother. That was just great. It was just, uh, I had not ever uh, thought in terms of Anna and Simeon being part of the uh, biblically ordained mouth of two or three witnesses uh, concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. I, I'd always thought of John the Baptist uh, because of John chapter number one, that John was not that light, but he came to bear witness to that light. Yeah. Uh, but I had never, I had never seen it. And so my mind is just spinning uh, as I start. <laughs> I'm working out some of the various um, prophetic uh, things that I need to reconsider. Um, uh, anyway, beautiful Bible study is wonderful. Um, thank you so much for that. Why don't you go ahead and lead us and let's do the prayer list. Um, and uh, if you have that, if not, if you don't have it up, I have it up. Go ahead, sir. And, okay, so Lord Jesus, we're praying for uh, Keisha Pettis. We're thankful for the work that's begun there. We're looking for the continued blessing and healing in her body. Uh, Charnette Anderson, this is Shannon uh, Charnet's uh, mom, praying for healing for her. We're praying for Tina Milcher, recovering from nerve damage from the fall that actually happened last year. That has been just a tremendously difficult recovery for her. Our sister Winnie uh, Boware, who has uh, had a series of back troubles and problems and injuries and praying for healing for her. James Hall, this is glorious father, uh, needs healing uh, from a pancreatic disease. He may have surgery coming up. We're praying for Sister Cindy Smith. The Lord would protect her, provide for her. We're praying for Sandra Otovaro. This is Sandra Hampton's sister-in-law. Uh, she is being treated for a breast uh, cancer, and we're praying for complete healing and recovery there. Rochelle Collins, God's peace and restoration. Continuing to pray for Lynn Hood. This is Wanda Courtney's daughter. Uh, she is doing better, but she is needing to take treatment for her uh, disease, and she needs strength. We're praying for Diane McDonald, uh, she is having a, a baby and she is asking for our prayers for an uncomplicated uh, pregnancy. We're praying Amen. for Mike Ackley. This is co-worker of Jeff Epinette. Uh, he has bladder cancer and Jeff is praying that this healing would be a testimony of the power of the name of Jesus in that workplace. Paul Costa, continued strength and healing in his body. Linda Ladner, uh, Missy Sandell, Melody Davis, all in need of healing in their bodies. Clarissa Sanchez, healing uh, Bishop Elms, his chronic condition in his lungs. Uh, they're actually with us right now. Uh, so we're able to spend some time with them. And we want to see that continued healing in his body in Jesus' name. Frank Figuera family, Carlos and little Jordan, complete healing, complete restoration. Robert Simmons, uh, Michael Smith, this is Bridget's a brother, needs healing in his body. Addie Mason, 
needs healing. She is facing breast cancer. Also, I have a prayer request for my brother-in-law, John Hammernick. Uh, this is my wife's sister's husband. Uh, he is almost dealing with almost complete kidney failure and actually has a biopsy tomorrow to find out what is going on and what they need to, to do. Um, and as you might expect, considering his major heart surgery he just had, um, there is some, some, you know, this, this is the kind of thing that could cascade really easily. And yeah. so uh, let's pray for, let's pray for him. Lord, we're praying for a John, you know, exactly the needs Thank in you, his Lord. body, Hallelujah. you know, the healing that needs to happen there. Would you in minister? Would you heal by your mighty power in Jesus name? Jesus pray. name. Every Jesus. name that we've called out. Every unspoken yes. prayer request that even now while we were praying, someone on this call thought of someone yes. they love and they thought to themselves, I wish I had put their name on that list. Lord, you know that name that was yes, in Lord. their heart. Even before we ask, you knew. And we are praying right now Hallelujah. for a demonstration of heaven's power here on earth. In Jesus name we pray. In Jesus Amen. name. Amen. Amen. I quickly want to add Caleb's name to that list. For those of you who know Caleb, he just texted us saying that he caught COVID. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I pray that the Lord yeah. Will heal. Yes. 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 God bless you all. We love you. Um, your mics are on if you want to greet one another. Uh, I'll see uh, some of you tomorrow morning. Um, the rest of you have a great week. Let's start singing the songs of ascent. Amen. As we approach worship on Sunday. Let's start the praise, the expectation of what God's going to do. Uh, we're actually walking toward Easter. It won't be long. <laughs> Easter right. will be here. So um, I'm looking for God's will to be done there. God bless you all. We love you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you'll help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.